As you listen to episode 35, uh, you have our sincerest apologies. We are taped, this show is taped as we are driving across the Upper Peninsula, and we had a malfunction with with, with Crouchy's mic. The, the audio is very, very low, so crank it up and still give it a listen. Represent yourself and your teammates. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sounders and Three Team Parlays. I'm Crouchy, he's Oge. Hottest podcast in the QAnon. We're uh, doing another remote session today, Oge. We are not even close to the QAnon right now. We're about as far away from the QAnon that you could possibly be and still in the upper. You got it. We uh, made the trek to Grand Valley Michigan Tech game over the weekend uh, with a three o'clock start in Grand Valley. Made it pretty difficult or impossible to to drive home after that game. So we spent the night in Gaylord. Um, took off early in the morning, and we're currently westbound. Pretty soon it'll be twelve hours out of Mackinac City, and stop by a bar to have us a brew. Did we ever find out where he was? Yeah, so we're on. Uh, is actually driving right now. We are literally doing a on the road session here. Um, uncharted territory for SS3PP, but nonetheless, hey, our tens of fans, they, they need us. Uh, how about some football this weekend, Oats? Who do you want to start with first? Well, I guess we got to recap the Huskies. We, we generally talk about that a little bit. So, um, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of their game. With Ferris State, we talk about Grand Valley and Ferris and, and the elite programs of the GLIAC, and not GLIAC, but Division Two football, really. The whole country. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, Tech tech battled. I mean, they they, they put it, made it a third three and a half quarters of football. Um, it was a good ball game at the first half. Tech made a nice play at the end of the half to make it 21-10. Um, but it's so tough up front for those guys, and, and just physically up front to deal with the, the O-linemen, the D-linemen that, that those schools bring at you, and eventually Grand Valley wore them down and uh, separated in that fourth quarter. But, you know, that Tech did what they could, just really tough to run the football against those teams with any consistency. I think uh, I'm going to echo what you're saying. Um, if you look at that scheme stuff and coaching stuff, uh, you know, Tech is right there. The, those, guys, those guys battle their asses off. They're just... I was watching Grand Valley run their little counter trade play, a little outside zone play. Those two guys pulling were both about 6'5", 300 pounds. It's, I'm not a mathematician, but 300 is more than 250, right? And it's just impressed with Grand Valley. Tech's got nothing to be ashamed of in my opinion. They battled their asses off against two of the best teams in the country. Yeah, they turned them over a couple times, um, but it's uh, – I'll tell you what, Grand Valley's got to clean up some of their, their mistakes, though, with, with uh, foolish personal foul penalties and unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. I don't know if that's consistent with them or if that was just something that went on yesterday, but they certainly aren't going to win these big, big games in the playoffs trying to compete for a national title when they're, uh, when they're throwing four or five 15-yard penalties out there every game. Well, and there's a lot of the nonsense stuff that I saw, too. You know, to, to quote one of the great sports quotes of all time, I think there's some kids on that team that were born on third and they hit a triple. 
and they just the, what, some of the things that they did on the side, not, not on the side, but on the field, just the, the, the nonsense stuff that's got to get cleaned up. Stuff that you would never see on tech sideline. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about how about the facility and the environment at a game at Grand Valley? That was my first experience with a football game at Grand Valley. I was shocked, and I'm I'm glad you know, my kid, you know, Trav said if it, he told me during the week, he said you gotta order tickets or you know get them early because it's it could be a sellout it's our homecoming and so i listened i got them uh but I, we were there almost three hours two hours and 45 minutes before kickoff right i was shocked i had no idea where we were going to find a parking spot was a complete zoo i mean it, you know these these ladies were directing us around i didn't know what lot we were supposed to go in so let me interject here Owen. so Owen bought the ticket in and you got to buy a parking pass too at these facilities and we we had no idea. He had no idea. I had no idea. And then finally, this lady was trying to scan his phone, and she goes, "Ah, just go in here." That's the exact same thing that happened to me when I went in the game. So I I, I showed. Oh, I oh yeah, I showed the the ticket guy, and I said, "I don't know which is which is my parking pass or which is the actual ticket." And I'm showing the two pictures on my phone, and he's running that thing across it, and finally he just says, "Ah, just go ahead in." So I don't know. We don't. I have no idea if we parked in the right lot or anything, but anyway, it's one hell of an experience to see a college Division II college football game at Grand Valley, and um, yeah, we had we had fun. Kind of reminds me of Lambeau Field. I mean, the, the tailgating that was going on. How about the people that um, we parked next to? Yeah, we finally did find a little spot where I had to. Uh, it was impressive parking too. Owens did one hell of a job backing into a spot that. Well, you could barely get a motorcycle in, but yep. I mean, he did it. Got in there, and then we just kind of hung around a little bit. And nice Grand Valley State crew that was in the lawn behind us there came and offered us a little lunch. So we had some sandwiches and, and whatnot before the game. Yeah, so great experience all the way around. Obviously, wish Tech would have won the game, but very impressive Grand Valley. Um, how about the rest of college football since we're on the college football talk right now? What, uh, what did you take away from this weekend? Rock Chalk Jayhawk? Oh, man. That that was my highlight. I'm a big Lance Leifold fan, and not that I hate Oklahoma, but I'm not a big fan of them. And they were underdogs. They were underdogs. And we were listening to it on the way down to the Grand Valley, and all of a sudden they're up by 7-14, and what a great win for that program. Yeah, we couldn't watch it because it was going on during the Tech game, but just kept track of it, and I, I looked at that in the morning to place a. I was going to put ten bucks on it, but it was it was originally nine and a half, which is what I should have done two days ago. And then when I saw it Saturday morning, that spread was down to seven and a half, and I chickened out. I didn't do it, and you know, in hindsight, they you could have bet the money line because Kansas took care of them. Big yeah. win. Uh, the rest of the Big Ten, Badgers battled with Ohio State for a while, ugly it up a little bit, but Ohio State still won that. Probably not really as impressive fashion as one would think. Um, Penn State, speaking not very impressive, beating Indiana, having to score late to get that done. Yeah. Um, that's going to rattle around up there. Coach, he's, he's, he's whining because he doesn't have a desk to work in in my truck here. So you, should, you guys should see him right now. Clipboard's going, his phone, laptop on his lap, and he wants a desk for my Ranger. Oh, we're just driving 75 miles an hour right on some poor lady's tail. Yep. Well, it's not snowing yet. So, um, 
you know, college football, like I said, I, not a lot of great games this weekend. Um, it's gearing up, obviously, the, coming down the, the line. But how about the high school season? Yeah, the UP teams took care of business for the most part, right? Yep, Nagani, Nagani beat, beat Grayling, and um, Gladstone won. So those guys will lock horns in the district final this week. Iron Mountain and Glen Lake, only Mackinac Island. Yeah, they, Iron Mountain, that was, I don't even know if we want to discuss that game. So Glen Lake's an old nemesis. Lakeland, and we have played them three times over there. That's been a battle. You guys battled with them. They had a great program. They kept us out of the out of the state semifinals twice. Um, they had some coaching changes over the years, and they made the trek to Iron Mountain to play a really really talented Iron Mountain team. And how'd that first quarter go for our, our Lakers? Well, forty nine to nothing is what I'm hearing. That's the final. First quarter. Forty nine to nothing in the first quarter. I got that right. That's wow. what it was. So the. The Mountaineers rolled them, to say the least. Um, I, I don't know how the hell you scored 49 points in a quarter. It must have had three defensive scores, I it, believe. It was. Could be correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's not much of people. That's what I think you have to. Um, but I'll tell you what. Looking at the brackets for Division 8 is somebody that might have spent a few, few times, you know, studying things in Division 8, Class 2 football. That bracket is unbelievable. For as talented as Iron Mountain is, there's some freaking teams between New Lothrop and, and Ithaca and Muskegon Catholic Central and Harbor Beach. The side of that bracket is unreal. Well, what gets me is a number of those teams that you just mentioned, it wasn't that long ago where they were in Division Six with us, well, some of those teams, the Ithacas. You know, th those teams were, were D6 teams competing for state championships a few years ago, and now they're you know, wrestling around in, in Division Eight. Everything got pushed down. Everything's been pushed down. Yep. That's a story for another day. Uh, Menominee won easily. Kingsford won easily. They're going to go down and battle with uh, West Branch Oldham Heights, who's had a really, really nice season. That, that, that could be a really, really good game. And I said, Nagani and Gladstone are going to get a, a rematch. Gladstone winning early in the year. On the eight-man scene, uh, the, the Lakes took care of Crystal Falls at home on Saturday. North Central, who happened to be the four seed, traveled to play an opposing team. And uh, I don't think anyone's shocked to find out that North Central won that. So North Central will take the trip up next Saturday to play on the shores of Warner uh, Pond and um, go from there. But there's a lot of good stuff going on in high school football. Um, like I said, there's some pretty good teams in, in the UP, but they're going to run into some pretty stiff competition. This is when the weather starts changing, too, these games. You never know what you're going to get uh, now yeah. um, in, in these playoff games and, and who knows what type of elements these kids will have to play in, but fun time of year. All right, we got to uh, just kind of address a little elephant in the room, and, and I don't want to get into Or the this. truck. Or the truck, yeah, I guess we're the truck now. If I had a, we're in a room, I'd have a desk. But uh, I'm, we've obviously listened to how many hours of sports talk radio in the last few days, about 800. And God, am I sick of listening to the people whining about Michigan State's one sign. And I'm not going to get into the, the, to the, childish rebuttals and all that stuff, but I got a couple good points I want to make in conclusion. And again, I'm going to be very professional about this, even though it is complete nonsense. Why is it a rule that college teams cannot scout in person? Can you tell our tens of fans why it is even a rule? Because I don't think a lot of people understand why this is even coming up. 
It was 1994, I believe, is when they, that rule changed, and it's simply because of financial issues. The, the, the smaller schools weren't getting the same, um, you know, the same type of financial ability to be able to send people to these, to sculpt these games like the bigger schools, like the Michigans and the, the Power Five programs or whatever. So to make it equal and, and fair, they wiped that out, made it a rule that you couldn't do it, correct? Okay. So, so a team like Michigan that's got unlimited resources can send people wherever, but it might be a little bit more taxing on a program like Ball State. Correct. So the rule has nothing to do with competitive balance, the right thing, moral, blah, blah, blah. It has to do with they don't want to put the financial strain on other schools. Correct? Yes. Okay. So point number one. Two, you're complaining about Michigan sending people and filming their signs. Okay. Here's a question for you. Holly Johnson, right? You're an old option coach. One yep. of the greatest option coaches of all time in college football. Loved watching him. How did he signal his plays in? Well, I think he grabbed a hold of a wide receiver and the kid jogged into the field. So they ran and they huddled. And huddled. Okay. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the point I'm making. The people are complaining about stealing signs and stuff because it's, it's just not fair you, 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 you're the moral stuff, blah, 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 blah. Here's my question. And, and I'm not even talking about signaling plays in, into a huddle. These teams are coming up and they're playing fast and they're, they're not huddling. They're getting on the line right away and they are forcing the defense to line up. And why are they doing that? Well, right? they are doing that to gain an advantage over the defense. So the defense cannot substitute. They cannot make calls. They cannot make adjustments. So they, in a hand, in a nutshell, are ha trying to hand, hand, how the hell you say it, make it hard on the defense. So they are gaining advantage with their no-auto offense, and then they run up there, and they clap five times, and they slap their leg up, and then they look to the sideline, and they get a signal, right? So they are making the defense line up, show what they're going to do, and then they adjust to it. What, what's the difference between that and stealing signs? Isn't that exactly the same thing? We got five coaches up in the box. They have the play call. The defense shows their hand. They make the call down. Some guy holds up a card with a Daffy Duck on it or Tom Cruise, and then they go or the coach makes a signal. And so these teams are studying that, and now people are all bent out of shape. Tell me why that is an issue. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But the other thing is this. So do you think other schools – are trying to gain an advantage by stealing science. Everybody's doing it. Okay, so you, there's... You, I'll tell you right now, you're a crappy coach if you're not. Number two, do you think other schools have had somebody in a stadium that might have had a phone that could have taken a video or pictures of signs from an opposing team and forwarded those pictures from their phone to a member of another team's coaching staff? Do you think that could have happened? If, again, not happening, you're an idiot. There's 80,000 phones going off in these damn games. I mean, who? I just, it blows my mind. But there's a vendetta out there against Michigan, against Jim Harbaugh. And that's another part that's, I think we've read about a little bit there. What's the name of the guy? So, again, I, I, I'm not going to. Yes, let's do it. Gonna, I don't know all of the details, but the word on the street is, you know, my people have talked to other people. 
and there's a guy on the infractions committee, and again, I could be completely wrong here, but I think this is the way it is told, he's on the NCAA infractions committee, that was also on the board or some type of affiliation with the Minnesota Vikings. And why would that come into play with your ass coach? Well, there was a certain coach named Jim Harbaugh that happened to interview for the Vikings job not so long ago. Did he take it? Did not. So do you think the Minnesota Vikings were a little plundered? Yeah, well, and there was there was some issue there also. I read something about I can't think of the guy's name now. I don't know. But there was some issue that, that he was a, a, not a Harbaugh fan. I don't know what the deal was, but so his name is popping up, but to me, this whole thing, and I guess I'll, I'll say this: if who knows what Harbaugh knew as far as what this Stallions was doing? I mean, obviously, this kid is probably taking it to a little bit different level. With he's trying to do, do his job well. Yeah, and and oh, just go scout that game for me. I've, over the years, we've sent people to go scout, and, and some people get into it. They take it. That's awesome. You should do it. You know, you're just going to go and go. Ah, they're going to play a three-man line and they throw the ball. Yeah, so he's he's working his tail off, trying to do what he can to get as much info as he can on what these other teams are doing. Um, I think the the big thing will be the money. You know, wh- how did he pay for this stuff? It sounds like it was just on his credit cards or Venmo'd people to go and do this or whatnot. And then, of course, what what did or didn't Coach Harbaugh know? Um, and at some point that'll come out. But I don't think. To tell you the truth, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is one bit nervous about any of this. I think he's just moving right along with that football team. And it's it's a pain in the ass to listen to these people talk about it every two seconds. But I thought we had to get it out. It's just, it, it, it's just so annoying. Okay, And again, whether you like Harbaugh or not, it's irrelevant. If, if freaking Austin Peay was doing this, he'd still have pissed off. The reason teams are signaling in plays is because they are trying to gain advantage over the defense. You don't have to signal plays in. It's not a rule. Did you ever get plays into a game, Oge? A few times. We, we, we would shuffle plays. I even had a very complicated wristband system where we had a color and a number in the quarterback. There's ways to do this other than what they're doing. When you see that quarterback trying to hustle up and then make that kick the leg up and clap and then they look all look over, they are gaining an advantage over the defense, making the defense show their hand ahead of time. And the defense is saying, screw you, if you're going to do that, we're going to watch you signal. Yeah. I'm not, like I said, this annoys me. I've told you before, I, I, when, when I scout teams, I watch their signals. We had a team that you guys played against that we did, and I'm not going to mention what school, but they would, they were running on no huddle offense, and they, they called in numbers. And our players would hear the number. They would tell it to me. I would tell it to our coach in the headset. He would write it down on the paper. And by the second half, when they called that number, we knew the play. You don't like it? Don't do it. Garbage. There you go. Oh, you got me all cranked up. Hey, uh, let's move on. Eh? I'm ready. So we've been talking about officials and, right, and, and what we try to promote with officiating. And I got a cool thing that happened to me this week. And I, I want to mention it um, just because... The, the whole perception of officiating and, and things like that. Um, this past week, um, my dad and I were down at a local establishment having dinner, sitting there talking, and we ran into somebody who was an official for a long, long time. Somebody we know, and I'm not going to mention names because the, the point of the story isn't to recognize me or us or anyone else. So, and we started talking with this this, this gentleman, and we, you know, swapped some stories, and it was fun. And then they got up to leave, and the waitress comes over and says. 
so and so just bought your dinner for you. Really? So I grabbed him and I said, You don't need to do that. He goes, I just wanted to know. I've always appreciated the way you treat our cancer patients. You know, all the years, win and loss, anytime we were in Lakeland and on the road, you always treated us well. Um, and, I, and I appreciate that because not everybody always did. You know, I always appreciated when we'd go down to the Legion fifth quarter after he'd sit and talk to us. So um, really appreciate doing that. And that's, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but that's the way. And again, you guys do the same thing, right? You, you treat officials the right way. And, you know, it goes, it doesn't go unnoticed. I bet you wish you would have ordered prime rib instead of those chicken strips. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was a pretty good story. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Hey, we got our apparel store open again. Oh, I saw that. So it's on our Twitter page. There's T-shirts available, long sleeve and short sleeve. There's sweatshirts. There's even stuff for women. There's hats, a couple of nice hats, a, a little winter hat and a nice little trucker hat. So uh, check out the link on our Twitter page or whatever. Get a hold of us. That stuff's available. Uh, you, you wanna be, you know, be if somebody's pulled over and their hazards are on, was I supposed to stop? Well, we're doing show business. All right. Let's... You're, new, you're a survivor, so. Um, fire apparel. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I love that color. Navy blue orange, right? Yeah. It's uh, Tiger's colors. There you go. So much, too many people complaining about the different colors. So uh, I think it looks good. Yeah, and they do do a great job that our apparel providers back in the day. So, so um, this portion of the program has been brought to you by Four Man's Epoxy, your choice of local handcrafted epoxy products in Lakeland and Michigan. Your old custom project is too big or too small. Check out fourmansepoxy.com or contact Red at 906-369-0684 to get your project started. And just so you listeners know, I will not be reading any of the Advertisements, which well, the LTL. Yeah. Yeah, but we did it already. Recorded. I won't be. I don't want people thinking that I'm holding up a piece of paper, going 75 miles an hour on US two, reading something off. So just so everybody knows, I am being as safe as I possibly can. Right, because there's no way he's gonna have that piece of paper in one hand next to his other hand. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely read them when I'm sitting at, at your kitchen. <laughs> Crouchy's Corner is brought to you by Level Up Branded Apparel, the official apparel provider of SS3TP. See Brendan or Sean for all your organization's embroidery, screen printing, or personalization needs. Visit our website at levelupembroidery.com. And today on Crouchy's Corner, Rose, we got um, interview number two with, uh, with somebody. Uh, we're, we're, we're back with Boone Burkhardt from Northern Arizona. He was on, obviously, a few weeks ago. But the story he's going to share with us today you it's uh while we had mentioned it right we gave a little prequel to the people didn't we talk yeah, a teaser. little bit about it a teaser yeah. do you want me to hold that clipboard <laughs> oh is he driving me nuts with this clipboard you guys wouldn't believe it is he switched it from hand to hand it's bouncing around in here god Focus on the road. yeah anyway <laughs> we had a great interview with, with coach burkhar um and it's Directly related, obviously, to his his time and, and how we got to know Coach Tom Izzo and how that whole thing went down where they were able to schedule him for a, a ball game last year. Yeah, and the fact that there's a, a, a youper who's a 
Division One basketball coach, but when when there's two of them, and we're relatively familiar with them, and then one of them looks out for the other, and they take they play each other. So uh, this is a great story, and, and our listeners are going to absolutely love this. Story. For sure. Okay, Oj, uh, we're here with Coach Burkar again, and we have a great story to share with our tens of fans. Uh, it's 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 everybody knows about Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans, the local UP guy that's done well. Um, but Coach Burkar is also a Division One basketball coach, which we've become good friends with, and and that's a great story in itself. But um, Coach Burkar got to spend a little bit of time with coaches and actually play last year. And this, I read, remember reading this story in the newspaper and seeing it on the news. And what a phenomenal story! And when it first when it first popped up, I just, I couldn't believe it. And we were so fired up for you, and and the opportunity, you know. And and my first thought was, oh, well, got to hear this story somehow. We got to get this story and how this came about. So, how did it come about, Coach? Well, hey, thanks for having me on again, Coach. You know. Um, Great being on here. You guys are doing great, great with your podcast. And Andy, when are you going to start being honest with your fans? You guys have more than tens of fans. It's going to have to be 100 soon enough, right? <laughs> well, we're, we want to stay humble. <laughs> okay. Humble and kind, right? Yeah. So we're not also be over here. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. So how that came about is um, just we'll just talk strictly about the game. It's a really cool story is – uh, summer of 19, I became the interim head coach at Northern Arizona University. And I always want to play against the best, even when you're a high school coach. I believe that's how you get better. And so the Phoenix Suns at NAU used to come up here for training camp. So we were kicked out of our own gym for three days. And I said, you know what? I want to use my three days wisely. And um, as the interim coach and so I called up Doug Wojcik, who's Coach Izzo's, one of his assistant coaches. And Coach Wojcik recruited several of my guys at Mesa High, and we stayed in touch over the years. And, you know, I'm friends with Coach Izzo, and, but to get a hold of Coach Izzo is tough. So I went to Coach Wojcik, and he said, yeah, come come for sure. And, and um, cool story. It's a cool story. So I get to Detroit, and I drive over to East Lansing. And uh, I walk into the offices, and Coach Wojcik sitting there. He goes, hey, we're back. And Coach is on the phone with Jay Billis. And I was like, okay, all right, this is pretty cool, right? So um, I'm sitting in there, and Coach Izzo comes out. And he goes, hey, Shane, how's it going? And he, he talks about his conversation with Jay Billis a little bit. And that was the day that um, Hauser was ruled ineligible and had to sit for his transfer year. Okay. So coach was coach was not too impressed with that. And a couple of days later, you know, they're preseason number one. I think it's the first time Michigan State was ever preseason number one. And uh, yeah, Cassius uh, Winston as the point guard and you know the rest of the crew. And so my whole thing, guys, was just to go get better as a coach for two and a half days. And, you know, you make up three hours as you head back. And so really un unbelievable experience for me. And um so we're talking, we're talking, and watching practice, and the Detroit Pistons are also there. And Coach Izzo says, hey, stick around and sit with me and hang out and watch Detroit Pistons practice. I mean, this, this is like basketball heaven for me. I'm <laughs> at Michigan State. I'm watching the Pistons, and, you know, coaches. So I'm the guy sitting in the corner. I don't want to overstep my bounds or anything. And Coach says, come and sit by me. Come and sit by me, and we'll talk, and – and I have a hundred stories that that I won't share them all, but so 
really cool. And, um, you know, he says, hey, he goes, Shane, if you want to come tomorrow morning, I'm open from 730 to 9 o'clock in the morning. He says, I know you're still in Arizona time. I know it's early in Arizona. I was like, no, coach, I'd love to come. And so the next morning I got up and Coach Izzo, his assistant, brings me to his office and um, he goes, no, shut the door. Shane and I are going to talk ourselves. And he he shuts the door, and the first thing he says is, Shane, how are we going to get you this job? I mean, just this amazing man, amazing coach. You know, I've looked up to him, you know, since the mid-'90s, right? I mean, who won? You know, UP, I mean, legend him and Steve Mariucci. And we talk. He talks about his career and how to do it. Should you have an agent? You shouldn't have an agent. And just how to do it. And a long story short, I, I went for the gold, guys. I said, hey, coach, you know, how about, would you mind, like, we'd love to come and play a game here, and then you can come and break their record up at NAU and have the most crowd ever. And he had actually scouted a game here back in the day before you could scout games. So he goes, well, let's just focus on you playing here first. So meaning, <laughs> meaning, hey, Shane, I like you, but we're not coming to Flagstaff to play, you know. But he said he would think about it. So um, he said, you know what? I'll tell you this. You get this job. We'll open up the college basketball season against NAU. I said, oh, coach, that'd be amazing. Thanks so much. And, and you know, kind of fast forward it. And um, he said, so we're going and I'm recruiting in Utah. And I call him and he calls me back and he goes, hey, Shane, why don't we wait a year to play this game? Because at this time when we're scheduling the games, it was COVID, was just kind of going away. So he said, I'd rather play you guys in front of a packed house so you can really experience Breslin. I mean, just a class act, right? Oh, heck yeah. And that's why that's why, that's why I that. wanted to go anywhere. And um, so we we did that. And I so last year he says, you know what? We're gonna be sold out opening night. You're gonna play this year. And I was like, Yeah, coach. Thanks so much. We'll do it. And, uh, you know, we went over there to East Lansing and they opened up everything for us. And, uh, you know, we played, we played pretty good with them, but you know, they're, they're just simply better than us. And, um, that's how it came about. What, uh, what about from your, the athletic side, the athletic department side for you scheduling that stuff? Was it just simple? No, no brainer, good to go. Or did you have to deal with a little bit of that? That's oh, fun. no, it was great. You know, my athletic director, Mike Marlowe, was like, he couldn't believe it. Because I meet with, uh, I, he couldn't believe that we could open up at Michigan State. You know, NAU has never played in a Big Ten venue before. And that was the first time ever. And, you know, he was all about it. Our administration was all about it. And, you know, people were excited and they got to watch the game. And, um, but, you know, what I took out of that more than anything is, you know, Coach is, though, he doesn't recruit Arizona. He's more a regional recruiter. It was no benefit to him. He was just being good to us. Right, right. And, you know, the other connection I had with that, too, is we hired one of his GAs, Chris Fowler, who played at Central Michigan, and uh, he's an assistant at Western. So that was kind of part of the the equation, too, as, as far as fast-forwarding and actually getting that game. So, you know, just having good people around you always helps you. For sure. And then obviously we saw 
you know, the news, the, the news story, I think TV six ran and I have that video somewhere. Um, and, and you could just see on your face, like, like you're sharing right now, how appreciative were and how, how, what a class act they were. And again, everybody in the UP knows what a class act Tom Mizzo is, but you get a situation now where you have two guys from the UP that are, that are coaching lock and horns in the division one venue. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that's never happened before. May never happen again unless you get to go back and play them, or maybe he comes out to Flagstaff. Yeah, that's my next angle. That's my next angle. <laughs> you know, they're playing. They're playing Indiana State this year, kind of to remake that game, the national championship game. And uh, from that. Oh, that's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, he takes care of people. Coach takes care of people for sure. Well, no doubt. That's uh that's an incredible story. And, and like I said, we're, we're very happy that you, you shared that with us. And um, yeah, let, let me share one story. You guys will appreciate this story and your podcast will appreciate this story. So back in 1994, I went with one of my college teammates, Chad Lindemann and his, uh, his cousin played at Indiana, Todd Lindemann. So you don't have to tell me about them. They beat me in Hedgecock Fieldhouse my senior year. Okay. North Dick. So, you know, Chad, Chad had 21. Jack Croce had like 19. No, Chad had 26. Yeah, he Chad killed, can play now. He killed us, and you know, with the big boy, we held him. He he didn't he didn't destroy us that game. But anyway, nice of you to yeah. bring that bunch up. Go ahead. So as I go, Gibic with Chad. Chad's a true competitor. Love Chad. We we stay in touch here and there, um, but just no, no. He's fun off the court also. Now <laughs> we didn't get cheated off the court either, but um. So we, we were going – so back then, Chad and I, I got invited by the Lindemans to go down to um, Dayton, Ohio. They got tickets and they invited me to go. So I drove and met with Chad and, you know, Mr. Lindemann and the family, and we all drove down. Jack was part of that. Jack was there. And, and uh, we go there and we go out that night. And uh, we, we have a good time. And Bill Raftery's there. Bill Raftery, Don Nelson, Jr., and um, I forget the other guy. He's still on TV. But anyway, so we have a good time. Fast forward 30 years later to Bill Raftery. So Bill Raftery's at Michigan State when I'm there, the story I just mentioned, and Coach Izzo, I'm downstairs with Coach Izzo down at a practice facility, and he goes, hey, Bill Raftery just got here. Can you go upstairs and talk to him and bring him down to the practice facility? I said, absolutely, coach. You know, I mean, yeah, I can help you. So I go up and I talk to Bill Raftery and I I say, hey, you know, here's the old Seton Hall coach. I go, hey, Coach Raftery, I got a story for you. He goes, and he goes, what is that? And I go, well, back in 1994, we're in Dayton, Ohio, and we we stayed out all night and we watched games and had a couple of drinks and had a really good time. And he goes, you know what, Shane? I don't remember it, but I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Coach Radford's known to have a good time. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So here I'm fighting as the interim, and I, I got Coach Izzo in my corner, and I'm talking to Bill Radford. I'm talking to Piston general manager, and, you know, we're good enough to, you know, win enough games to get a contract. So it Not all worked out. a bad out. decision on your part to take that trip over there, hey? You know what? And that's the other thing I would, would say is that I'm always trying to get better, and I read and study and watch and – but those two and a half days, you know, hopefully we were really good this year, but those two and a half days benefited my career and it helped me so much. And I could tell you a hundred stories about that trip. And it was, it was 
it was oh it was it was a very very well worth it well that's awesome we appreciate you sharing those stories with us um look forward to following your team this year um, our tens of fans are going to be be lumberjack fans by the end of this one Coach, it's wager talk time. Yeah, and looks like the uh, momentum switched a little bit after last week. Well, before you start tooting your own horn, we got uh, <laughs> the clipboard is moving again. If you uh, are curious what we're laughing at, he's so, now got it under the visor, which will probably open up and fall down on top of his laptop here any moment. People don't realize that goes into this show business, but. We got to gotta wrap up the survivor pool. Hey, what's this white stuff that's floating through the air right now? Nah, don't worry about it. Just keep your eyes on that cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, he's not doing that. All right. So uh, we wrapped up the survivor pool last week. I think last week we had seven people left. And boy, that was an ugly week last week, which I'm sure you'll bring up. I always, I always want to talk survivor pool first. Um, and how do I forget? Well, the thing is over. Busy texting, driving, and worried about my clipboard falling on your head. Uh, so, um, here comes the Judd. One survivor pool. I remember all the carnage last week. Well, Buffalo, let's start with that, correct? Um, I think so, Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo losing dropped about four people out. But the big one, um, the big one occurred then Monday, where there was, I think it was England Casey, I believe, had. San Francisco yep. going against the Vikings, which, you know, I figured it would go into a, a one-on-one battle this week between those two. But uh, lo and behold, the Vikings pulled it off. They beat San Fran at Minnesota, giving here comes the Judd, the first ever SS3TP Survivor Pool Championship. And in classic, here comes the Judd fashion. He sent a very thankful email. Should I share this with uh, you, I'm sure this will be good. Yeah. Just so you know, Judd does not, does not speak for us. We, we love our tens of fans. And here's the email. As the first ever champion of the SS3TP Survivor Pool, I would like to extend a thank you to Crouchy and Oge for putting this collection of eventual losers together that I can reign victorious over. Much appreciated to the tens of fans who were making me look good in only seven weeks. Let me know when the enshrinement ceremony will be. Looking forward to seeing the SS3TP as they cook up other challenges and pools throughout the year. Sincerely, your host, Judd. Yeah, well, I'm not actually. I'm not going to pay him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lost it, eh? Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea how to get that money out of those Benmo accounts anyway. <laughs> Any, we'll get the money to you. Just be patient. Does he take money orders? Yeah, we'll pay him. We'll pay him off in Paps cans. Empty. Uh, all right. So, picks. Yeah. What so, think, I, I was a game behind you coming into this or last week, and you had a rough one going one for three, and I went two out of three to take a one point lead coming into this week, correct? Yeah. I was like Castellona to Blake last over. Yeah. Um, so, I think you, I had the opening pick this week, correct? And looking at today's, well, oh, oh, yeah, I'm not putting my readers on, but um, no, my first, my first pick of the day um, will be the Cleveland Browns plus three and a half. Um, 
at Seattle. I think uh, two teams going in a little bit different directions. Cleveland had a hell of a win last week, um, like 39-38 over the Colts. Um, something's up with Geno Smith, right? Doesn't seem to be playing as well. And we're hearing some stuff with uh, Kenneth Walker being injured. Uh, Lockett is a little banged up. And Seattle, their run defense isn't very good. So I think Cleveland's going to go down to Seattle and take care of business there. So I'm taking that plus three and a half, Cleveland in Seattle. Okay, and you got these, you got these, these spreads on DraftKings? Yes. Okay. Um, my first pick, and uh, unfortunately, um, I'm, I'm taking Minnesota. Oh, this is beautiful. Hey, just – and. Crouchy has been, he's a hes a Packer fan, but he has been staying away from the negativity toward Jordan Love, staying away from the negativity in general toward the Packers, trying to be patient with them, and apparently that has all come to a screeching halt. Yeah. First, I'm taking the Vikings minus one at Lambeau. Um, as you said, I was giving Jordan Love the benefit of the doubt. Packers trying to be positive. He stinks. He absolutely stinks. That game last week, with I don't even remember who they're playing. He is. I, I don't think he's a, a very good professional quarterback, and it pains me to say this, but you got to move on. The, the interception he threw late in the game. He just he's like a high school kid throwing a Patriots lob it up there. The two touchdown passes he threw in that game. The guy was wide open on a corner route. They get lobbed it up and almost got picked off. And the second touchdown, there's a double slant, and he, he dropped his elbow and threw it sidearm like Kent Colby. I don't know if you know who that is. And missed his receiver. The defender tipped it and held it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop at that, but not a big fan right now. I've lost my patience. I'm taking Minnesota. Yeah, so not only is he done with his Packers, but now he's betting, oh. on, betting on the Vikings. I'm not done with my Packers. I'll always be a Packer fan. I just... Well, you're done, done with your positivity, put it that way. All right, my second pick. Uh, I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. It's, it's a lot of points, but I think you talk about two teams going in different directions. The Cardinals have lost four straight after beating Dallas. <clears throat> but uh, Baltimore looked really good, just spanking the hell out of the Lions last week. Um, I don't see any let up there today, so I want Baltimore minus 9.5 against the Cardinals. And there's rumor that Kyle, Kyle Murley, Murray may be playing. Or Murley. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. And Tim. All right, my second one, and I'm going to, this is a big point spread too, but I'm going to take Miami minus eight and a half against New England. New England has been horrible all year. They just but beat Buffalo. Okay, go ahead. Road rage? So, yeah, New England put it together. They, and I watched that game last week. They played really well. But does New England have the ability to put together two weeks in a row? Two weeks in a row. Um, I'm going to go with Miami minus eight and a half. And my third and final one, I'm a little nervous on this one, but I didn't like San Francisco did not play very well against the Vikings, obviously, losing that game. Um Brock Purdy didn't play very well. He was in concussion protocol here for the week. I guess he got cleared, so he will be starting today. But I think uh, I think Cincinnati is starting to trend in the in the right direction. Look like the Bengals that we all thought they would. Um, I like Joe Burrow to have a big game, and Cincinnati plus five and a half 
against 49ers. They got picked Cincinnati making the Super Bowl. I hope you're right. Yeah, I picked the Chargers. Oh, they're going. Not good. I think Sunday night game, though. Yeah, the coach is going to get canned. Yeah. Um, my last one, Denver is playing, is hosting Kansas City. Um, I'm taking Kansas City minus seven. Denver was terrible, but they were the, the benefactor, benefactor. Recipients <laughs> of some bad play by George Lumpus, so they got a win. Um, Kansas City minus seven. Boy, if I was in a sports stand, I might put a hundred bucks on that because I don't think Kansas City is going to have any trouble with that one whatsoever. Yeah, and the other thing, if you want to get, seeing we're on the wager talk, um, you know, I did pick, I gave you a lock last week that was the over in that Baltimore Detroit game. Now, I was totally off on the score. I was thinking like a 27-24 type game. Um, but, you know, little did I know that Baltimore would almost cover it all by themselves and the Lions wouldn't do anything. But the over did come through. Um, so I think a couple things to keep an eye on today. One is the weather in that Chiefs game. And I, it's it sounds like there's going to be some snow in Denver. So I've already taken the under on 46 total points in that game. So I think that's one to look at. Um and then just like what we had just talked about, I, I think the Cleveland game is uh, is another one that I'm I'm going to go after today. I, I really like them on the road against Seattle. Um, I don't know. Like I was thinking, you know, the, one of the prop bets was to keep riding this Travis Kelsey thing. And if Taylor Swift is there, he's going to, you know, his numbers are going to keep going up and up, um, among other things that are going up and up. But uh, – <laughs> so, um, but with that weather, I'm not so sure that that's the prop we need to take. So I'm going to go to my Cowboys and they got a big one today. I stayed away from that six and a half point favorites. They're at home against the Rams, but I do like the uh, CD lamb receptions today. Um, and the last I saw was at like six and a half. I think CD lamb is going to have a big game. Um, so you might want to take him yards as well, but I'm going to go over his receptions as a prop bet. So that's what I'm looking at today if you want to make a little money or go the complete opposite way, and maybe you'll make some money there also. So I got a question for you, a prop bet question for you. And, and I guess I don't know what the odds are on that, but how many times do you keep putting money on Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown? Yeah, I, I hit that last week. I mean, he's like, is he one or two games away from signing? I mean, how many games in a row? Or do you start betting that he doesn't have one and the streak is going to get snapped? Yeah, that's a good point. How do you, you keep rolling with that guy? Do you um, ride until she bucks you, or do you play the odds that it's going to get snapped? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question, Crouchy. I don't know. Well, hey. I'm, I'm staying away from it. If you brought it up, I'm going to stay completely away from that. Um I don't know. Hey, what are, speaking of uh, the, the wager stuff, though, what about our World Series situation? Yeah, What's your one. thoughts there? Well, uh, that's a, a lot of people are thinking Texas is going to sweep them, but Texas got beat 9-1 last night. That series was 1-1, and it's shifting to the Phoenix area. I, I mean, you think we, we talked about on the way on the way back from Gaylord yesterday, or from Grand Rapids to Gaylord, all the momentum should have been with Texas after that great win they had the night before. I mean, that was a hell of a baseball game. Yeah, we were able to watch game. that. Bullpens were, were taxed. It was, uh, you know, the, the two-run homer 
in the ninth. I think it was Seager hit it to tie it for Texas, and they ended up winning in extras. So you thought they had all that momentum, and, and what is Arizona going to come back with? Where's their mentality after losing a tough one like that? Well, I think they answered those questions. Well, you got to give those guys credit. Um, nine to one last night to even the series at one to one, going to Arizona, and won't that be interesting? Because our my boy Christopher Mad Dog Russo made some headlines this week, um, and apparently flustered a few Diamondback fans, and certainly became like the the motivation, so to speak, for the for the Diamondbacks with his comment about retiring. Yeah. So explain it. Arizona came to the World Series is very shocking, right? There's not many people that probably had a preacher with that with that, that happening. So Mad Dog, who you listen to religiously every day, I usually listen to for about an hour a day. Um, one of one of my favorite guys to listen to, um, and he made the statement that if Arizona get, they're not going to win that game, blah blah blah. And if they do, I'm going to retire on the spot. Is this my turn? No. Oh yeah. Sorry, I thought this came up awful quick. Yes, two antique shops. <laughs> so, Mad Dog made the comment. Obviously, Arizona pulled it off. Not, not retiring. Come on, guys. Yeah. So what it was, they were down, they were down three games to two, to the Phillies, and that's when he came out and said, we "We're playing amazing." Yeah, and he came out and said, "If Arizona wins these next two games, I will retire on the spot." I cannot believe the grief he was catching from some of these people. I mean, some of these call-ins to him, what a, these guys, I mean, did anybody honestly believe when somebody says something like that he was going to retire? Not for one second did I believe it. These people have called in and complained. Who do you think dialed the phone for him? Because I don't think they're capable of doing that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. Questioning his integrity and blah, blah, blah. It's just like me saying, I'll bet you, I'll I'll bet you a million bucks, right? Better get me home safe, or I'll kill you. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna kill you, right? And it's foolishness. Um, obviously, Mad Dog's not retiring, but he is gonna be at the World Series in Phoenix, and he's gonna play it up, right? I'm sure he'll have a jersey on or something like that. You said this the other night. They should have him throw the first pitch. Yeah, that'd be great. So, World Series is shaping up to be to be pretty good. Uh, Wager Talk with Old has been brought to you by the Vision Clinic. We offer a wide selection of eye care products, including eyewear, sunwear, and contact lenses to fit your specific eye care needs. Our mission is to provide quality service and products at reasonable pricing. Open Monday through Friday to buy. Give a call at 482 6800 to set up an appointment. Hell of a job. Thanks, Old. <coughs> well, uh, let's dip in this mailbag. Uh, we got a couple of listener questions here. And I'll. I'm going to start with uh, the, the one about the NBA. I'm going to pull it up. We've got these all over places here. I think there's a lesson plan. Right we don't have a desk. Yeah, so, but um, we have a new question asker, right? Somebody who's a very, very loyal fan. Somebody who's listened for many, many episodes. Somebody that actually, truly appreciates the listen to the lyrics. Now, let's not hold that against him. I've been watching NBA basketball for a long time. Is it me, or has the point guard disappeared? Back in the day, you had a point guard and a shooting guard, forwards and a center. Your thoughts, Brad from Calumet. Yeah, I don't know. I, he's probably right a little bit in the fact that it's it, it's disappeared. I don't know how many teams have a true, true point guard. I, Chris Paul comes to mind, but now he's over in, in uh, Golden State, and I don't know what 
they want to call him because he's on the court at the same time as Steph Curry. Um, the one thing I'll say about that is the the roles of players are not defined like they used to be, and I think it goes probably back to like the youth type basketball AAU stuff where everything is um, directed towards scoring and, and winning those AAU games and going to these tournaments. Um, I don't think t- kids are brought up to uh, specialize in certain spots. The, the true point guard um, probably isn't isn't something that's a, a real focus in these AAU games. It's who's going to score 30 so this scout can see that this kid can put the ball in the basket and, uh, and go to Kansas or wherever. So I think that's part of it. Um, I'm with you. I think that's a big, big part of it. How about the fact that not only, you know what else is, not only has the point guard disappeared, you know what else has disappeared? The center. Right? Yeah, and we just heard on the radio before before we got to this, how the guy made a comment about, you know, Jokic and Bede are kind of true NBA, you know, your prototypical from previous years uh, centers, the, the five man, you know. Right. But a lot of teams don't have those. I think that I, I think yeah they're sitting out there shooting threes you know piggyback off what you said you know the, the, the exposure of the game of basketball has changed but you know tell me when you were a kid you didn't get on the block to work on a drop step and nothing I mean there was post moves but that was like if you were 6'5 you played by the rim in high school in our era right, right. you know you go back and you look at Akeem Olajuwon Patrick Ewing Kareem all these people like that part of it has been almost eliminated. Now you get someone like Giannis who can handle the ball, and, and I'm not complaining about this because what happens now is if you were a big guy, you also played defense around the rim. Now if I'm seven feet and I can handle the ball and shoot the three, and you're seven foot or seven feet, whatever it is, you have to now come out and guard. So it really it, it opened things up. Yeah, right? a lot of matchups, right? It's about matchups and stuff like that where you can have certain guys bring that ball up and enter into an offense. And yeah, it, it, there isn't that many true, true point guards. Like I said, the one I could think of would be Chris Paul. He's winding down and now he's playing with Steph. So good question from Brad. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go. Paul from Boise. Howdy boys. Howdy Paul. Um, rather simple question for Paul today. Are college football and basketball destined to be just another tier of professional sports? I assume he's referring to like NIL and, Stuff like that. Yeah, he's always on this college thing. He isn't he? Isn't he? All his questions are kind of swayed toward that a little bit. Well, I don't think, are there any pro, pro teams in, in Idaho? Uh, no, no, there is not. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump in front here. Go ahead. Yeah, it is right. The money that's out there in NIL and all that stuff. The NCAA is going to either disappear or they're going to get on board and start. There's going to be money. It's what you're doing. See the integrity, blah 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 blah. But when the money's being thrown around, money talks. So that's my my take on it. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I think you're 100% right. It's a, just the the nature of the sport right now. But I've said before, I don't care. I I can adapt. I'll keep moving on. I'm going to keep watching my college football teams and the college basketball teams and whatnot. I still love love college football on Saturday. I don't care if they're getting paid. So. And here's the thing. Going back to the science dealing. Oh, God. Right? I mean, go back to the, the Drake scandal. I mean, it was happening anyway. 
So whatever. Good question, Paul. Uh, B Dub Shumami, gentlemen, time for some firsts. Is this my turn? No, 77 North, Laney Park. <laughs> With the two antique shops. Well, it's snowing so hard I can't see. Yeah, well, put that phone down and lay off the beer. Um, please tell your Tenzo listeners the answers to the following. Your first kiss, your first car, and since this is a sports podcast, your first major athletic achievement. Okay. Starting with question number one. I'll just say this, not to put names out there. I'm just going to say good times were had camping at Bond Falls back in the early 80s. Now remember, this is a family show. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. My first car, two-tone blue, four-door Ford Fairmont. Oh, well, you mentioned this on the show before. Yeah, per- exactly. Purchased that big valley and then... About three days later, I got pulled over driving a white pine to play basketball, and the keys were taken from me. And the third, that was the, how'd that go again? The or sporting events? Your first major athletic achievement. Um, well, one that comes to mind for me, it's not my first, first major athletic achievement. I hit 77 free throws in a row in a, at a basketball hoop outside a bar in Stevens Point in college. Nice. Out, outdoor. And I actually hit 98 of 100. But I had my buddy rebounding for me. And, you uh, no, we just, <laughs> I don't even know how it started. We were Saturday college football and um, we were having a few. And I, yeah, I knocked down 77 in a row and 98 of 100. So there you go. Nice. Um, I'll just say this. Um, my, my wife and I have been, been together since 1990, so we've been together a long time. We'll just leave it at that. You know, what a sh- cop-out that was. Were you camping at a tent at Bonfo? <laughs> um, my first car, and you probably don't even know this, but I had a, well, I was fortunate enough, my parents picked it up. I think they got sick of coming and picking me up in the, the Hubble one day after practice and stuff like that. So I think they, they bought it. Sounds safe. Oh, yeah. There was no radio. So in the back seat, I had it literally had a full box because there was no Bluetooth speakers back then. Probably had a tape player on it. But if you go back and ask my buddies over the years about that car, their first memory will tell you, oh, yeah, that was one where the gas gates never worked. And all over town and between Humble Lake Levy every once in a while, you'd, you'd see the old, uh, I used to call it the BMW, too, by the way. And it would be parked on the side because I would run out of gas. How much did that car cost, I wonder? Uh, my parents paid him probably a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, that baby was a beauty. Um, that was a better story than the first kiss one, but let's move on. And then the first major, when I saw this question, the first thing that comes to mind is I remember the first time we won that semifinal game in Newberry to go to the state championship game, and the field was, was frozen, snowbanks were the sideline, and just uh, – 
pandemonium out on the field, our community, and that, that excitement there. Again, I had nothing to do with the outcome of that game, but I got to put my uniform on and freeze my tail off. But just the excitement of that being on the field, it was, I think that goes back to one of probably the first thing I can remember accomplishing. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess I didn't really accomplish anything when I was, when I was at home, so um, let's go with that. Um, Dwayne. Well, can our listeners smell that skunk? Holy crap. Did he hit that? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that doesn't no, there's a snow in the face. Yeah. So, we have Dwayne. Caskin flag and Dwayne? Yep. So, he goes, Trojan Owens, I have not asked a question for a few weeks since I've been focusing all my energies on getting my fantasy football team back to 500. Good job, that's good to see you guys play right now. The late great Bob Phillips was quoted as saying the following. He can take his and beat yours, but he can also take yours and beat, beat his. Who is he for each of you? If this question has been answered in previous podcast, please feel free to laugh hasty, like you need permission to do that. I am still nursing my wounds from the last few months. It's a good question. So he's talking that somebody, I assume that this means somebody who's a great coach, and he's going to coach his team up and they're going to beat you, and if you... If he took your team, he would coach you up and still beat him. Right. Well, boy, who? It, you know, is he referring to somebody that we that's coached us, or I, I that we, you know? Um, I'll tell you what. When I, when I look back in the high school days of, of playing, you know, just our area basketball, one of the guys that I always thought. Did a heck of a job, and he was a great person. Always had his teams prepared. They were never, never as talented as we were. Um, but he always tried to, you know, they always were able to make some, make some plays and hang in some games, and that's Roland Antla. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Roland Antla, white, longtime White Pine coach. Um, I, I, a lot of respect for the guy and and what he was able to do with, with, uh, well. Teams that just weren't that talented. Yeah, no offense, Stems. That's, that's a great one right there. I was, I was thinking you were going to go the same way. I'm going to go. When I when I see that question, you know who I think of? Ray Drake. Oh, good one. And I don't. I mean, I guess I know Ray personally, but I never coached against him. We never played against him, but just and you know what a great coach he is. And I guarantee you, if he, he gave you five guys that couldn't put their shoes on the right feet, he came. He could get them. That's a very good, yeah, very good answer. Ray is currently back again out of retirement and, and uh, helping out at Michigan Tech in their basketball program. Yeah, just probably get him on the podcast. Hey, speaking, while I'm thinking about this, um, did we we talked last week about the the Mount Rushmores, correct? Yeah. And we, we talked a little bit about the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. So we had. Uh, some more discussion about that. And speaking of cast and flag and Dwayne, we brought up the, the city of Boston and I thought it was, you know, I, he being my source as far as an expert on, that's a stretch on Boston sports. Take that, he said it was an absolute no brainer. He answered my text in about 30 seconds and said, there is no debate in the Mount Rushmore of Boston sports. 
being Ted Williams. Oh, we're going to do this now and screw up my lesson plan. Where's my clipboard? Yep. Bill Russell. Bobby Orr. And Tom Brady. And Tom Brady. Now, how do you argue that? I can't. I, like I said, that, not only did he send that in, but we had someone else send that in too, didn't they? And they were the same ones. How do you argue that? I mean. You're leaving Larry Bird off it, but well, I, 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 you just can't, you can't argue he played it. played the wrong city. We yeah. put him on the, on the, on the Paul, Paul French play. Yeah, well, so if we were supposed to talk about that later on, I apologize. No, but it a, came to mind because we got cast and Flag and Dwayne on, and, and I just thought it was interesting. We're going to keep bringing that up. Maybe we'll go on to Detroit or something next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll do another city next it's gotta week. Be the, it's got to be the, a city that's got the four major sports, though, correct? Yeah, and we don't have to have one from each sport. We're not going to no. do that. You know, if, if, if we didn't put Bobby Orr on there, Larry Bird would be on there. Right. right. I mean, Larry Bird is my next one in there, but you can't argue those four. Tom Brady, Bobby Orr, I mean, Bill and, Russell, greatest winner of all time. Yeah. And Ted Williams, probably the greatest hitter of all time. So, um, yeah, that's a good one. We'll, uh, we'll do another city, but, yeah, Boston's kind of an easy one to do. Yeah. So those, those guys are still good. Okay, um, Coach, we got a couple more, and I don't even know if they're questions, but... Eddie from Waukesha. Oh, jeez. Should, oh, should we bring these up? Yeah, I guess I don't we gotta. Well, he's an odd duck, isn't he? You just don't hear from him a whole lot. And then when he comes on, he starts. He's usually hammering on one of us. Uh, um, probably. What time? What time are these emailed to us? Late. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so this one, this one, he's got two of them. Are we just gonna do both? Let's do both. Oh, my God. Hey, we got time. We're not. We just went through germ oh, yeah, fast. Okay, we, Yep. Okay. So this one says, for the last 35 episodes, Coach has been sharing his knowledge of singer-songwriter greatness, which I think is a big part of the show. He's been doing a whole job at Thank both of you. Well, he didn't thank you. So for the most part, he did not disappoint. However, that was a pop this game. Yeah. It is very clear that his expertise lies within the genre of individual singer-songwriters instead of groups. Oj, what are your top three groups, bands that you like specific to their lyrics and songwriting talent? Yes, I know that all bands have community members that write the lyrics, and I know that all individual singers have full bands supporting them. You cannot select Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Well, that's a pretty good question. It's actually not bad. He must have been on maybe IPA number three when he came up with that one. Um and he is 100% correct. I'm not, I am actually not a band guy. That's, you know, the point, I, I don't, I'll get to it. I listen to the lyrics, so I'm not into the, all the other stuff. I don't get them. You know, the music thing doesn't, doesn't hit me like it does other people. Um, but as far as groups or bands, you wipe out the country right there because I'm not Alabama. I'm not Oak Ridge, you know, Oak Ridge boys. I don't, Statler brothers, who are, I don't even Who? Yeah, anyway, um, so I'm not a big country band guy, but I will say this. If if I get a if I get to listen to a a group for a while, I, yeah, it's Led Zeppelin is right there near the top. I love them. Um, I'm a big Eagles fan, obviously. We talked about that. And then I guess the third one would probably be CCR. 
you know, Fogarty, those are the three that would come to mind right away. Um, Fleet, Fleetwood Mac also. I, I, I can't leave them out of there. Yeah, exactly. Have we had CCR on LTL? Um, yeah, we did. I, yeah, we did. Okay. Looking out my back door because they mentioned Buck Owens. Oh, for sure. Okay. So now, oh, Eddie sent in another question. This one Probably eight. two hours and eight beers later. may need some time off. Three weeks ago, it was very clear that he was more concerned about getting his picture taken with a Lions t-shirt, posting it, and meeting Moose than it was the podcast. He admitted, admitted to that last week. He appears more in tune with his social media posts right now than he is with podcast content. What's your social media game, Oj? Yeah, well, I guess we got to correct him right off the bat because I didn't post anything on social media. Uh, the picture was taken and forwarded to my partner who was sitting to my right coughing, Ed. And he's the one that put that stuff out there on social media. I don't even know if it was on was it on Twitter or what, or X, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. So I had nothing to do with it. And I will repeat it again. I was not focused in that hotel room. I had a plug nose. I was sitting in my underwear, freezing, trying to get this podcast over. So I could take a hot shower and get down the road to go to that Lions game. Um, and right now, I think I'm handling myself pretty damn well. Cruising at a, a cool 73 miles an hour and, and heading towards Unisync. So Ed can stick it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, then he goes, then between the pee whapping talk and his obsession with Mel Tucker every 15 minutes over the last two episodes, he is just not focused. Last week, we shoved an obscure LTL down our throats. It was good, however, and only took three listener questions last week. Also, last week's episode was 51 minutes. Episode 32 is 45 minutes, shortest since episode 5. He's kind of beating stats here, right? Well, he's hammered. Yeah. And then it says, Crouchy, I would like you to know, I would like to know what your plan is to get him dialed back in. His betting tips suck right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he is... Has not mentioned anything about sauna or sauna filming, but uh, Papa wouldn't wait some time. Well, Ed, let me tell you. Hey, thanks for keeping stats for us. Um, as far as the listener questions go, hey, we don't we, we, we bring them up when they come in. Last week there was only three of them. Yeah. You know, this week we got a little more. Where were you last week? Yeah. Um, I gotta be honest. I got I got the utmost confidence in Oj. He he's very dialed in. He just he, he was in a big. He did it remotely. Just. For the podcast, a lot of people would have just blown it off, not done it. So I'm 100% comfortable with my partner, his his role here. He's doing a hell of a job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Mel Tucker thing, I, I just I I, I got to get off. <laughs> I got to get away from it. I do. It's uh that that whole thing cracks me up. And somehow, some way, Crouchy always manages to say something in your show that gets my mind back on that idiotic phone call. Yeah. So. Thank you, Ed, and uh, I hope you're hungover. Located at eight miles south of Lake Linden on the Blue Jack Road, the Dreamline Restaurant is your choice of great dining. Family owned and operated for over 100 years. Whether you're in the mood for their Mexican Monday specials, burgers, pizza, or Friday fish fry, Dreamline is your next stop. 
All right, OG, this is the part of the show that really is what our tens of fans tune in to listen to. It's time to listen to the lyrics. Listen to the Lyrics is brought to you by Kiwana Auto Body, located in Pine Street in Calumet. They are your choice for quality collision and body repair since 1966. They are open 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, and 8 to 12 on Saturday. Give them a call at 906-337-1203. So this week's song was written by the late Ian Tyson, who was one half of the Canadian folk duo Ian and Sylvia. The Canadian cowboy writes the song as he winds through his reflections on a relationship that's falling apart, but he continues to express his desire at the possibility of getting back together, maybe at another time in another place. But he does acknowledge that the good times are all gone and he's bound for moving on. In 2005, CBC Radio did a poll and the listeners chose this as the greatest Canadian song of all time. Here's another Canadian to sing it. Neil Young's version of Four Strong Winds. Think I'll go out to Alberta Weather's good there I got some friends that I could go to work in for Still I wish you'd change your mind If I ask you one more time But we've been through this a hundred times or more For a strong
Yeah, we drove through the snow. It's pretty dry right now. Um, Not even a chance to get a deer yet or a mailbox. <laughs> we didn't see a deer. Well, we didn't. <laughs> um, I saw about eight of them dead on the side of the road. Where are we coming up? Germfask. <laughs> For those of you that don't know where that is, it's... Uh, right uh, who the hell cares? The Sceny stretch is coming up, which is for some of you would be comparable to the Covington to Crystal Falls stretch. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we we got through it and uh, we'll be moving on. What's what do we got next week? Well, we got to thank we got our sponsors. I mean, we got Next Level back in. We got our other people involved. Um, next week we're gonna get more in depth with our update with Northern Arizona basketball. And what's coming up there is their season kicks off. Hey, the Jolly Inn Bar is open. Uh, Bod's there. 8, 8, 9.13 a.m. Full house. It is. So next week we'll have more, you know, college football. Obviously, the high school footballs are cranking up, which I absolutely love. Uh, we'll see what Jake's out with the science feeling and other things. I'm sure some... I'm sure Ed's going to respond after we wrap this PP here. We generally don't hear from him for a while. Like yeah. He goes on those little he, benders. He gets so touchy. Uh. <laughs> so, um, hey, make sure you're liking us on Twitter at SS3PP. We dink around with TikTok a little bit. We really don't know how to use it. We really need some young kid to start cutting up these audio clips and helping us with our TikTok game. I keep forgetting to even look at that. I don't even know what. I don't even go on TikTok as much, but um, apparently that's where the, the wave of the future is. Our apparel store is open. Get out and buy that stuff. Support it. Um, what else we got going? We got we got a couple a couple great interviews coming down the line. We did a, did one on the road trip this weekend. It's gonna be fantastic for our listeners. Actually, we did two of them. This yeah, weekend. we did one. We did one when we left uh, Friday, um, and we won't go any further. We'll just let you know that that's coming up, and then and then one last night, which was outstanding. Is this a business trip? Yeah. You gonna write it off? Yeah. What was Kramer? You don't even know what a write-off is. But they do. <laughs> so, yeah, great, ep great episode today, Oge. You're doing a hell of a job driving. So, you know, thanks for our Kansas fans. Follow us on Twitter, like, share, do all that stuff. They so should I, be thanking us for doing the, doing this thing driving like this. This would have been an easy one to not do, eh? Exactly. A few thank yous would be nice. See you, Oge. Talk to you later, Coachy.